It is a new day, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. I am blessed to fellowship with you as we spend the next few moments hearing the word of God. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is your moment to receive life and bring in the message of life is our friend and our teacher, Pastor Josh. I want to continue with a series on how to hear the voice of God. We've been on it for a while. We have been able to go through scriptures on different ways of hearing from God, uh, the voice of the spirit, uh, the inner witness. We've talked about the voice of flesh. We've talked about the voice of circumstances. Uh, we have talked about the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And so on. We've talked about the word of God. Uh, because when you read the word of God, that is God speaking to you. So when you are going through anything in life, you look for the scripture that addresses that challenge or that situation. When you read that scripture and you take ownership of it, that is God speaking to you. But today, very briefly, we want to look at another way that God speaks to us. And everybody is involved in this one. And I want to talk about the dream language. The dream language. Most people dream. At least 95% of people, they dream. And the question that we are confronted with all the time is how do we uh, distinguish? How do we know that a dream is of God, a dream is from God or from the devil? Because dreams have three different sources. Or if we really want to push it, about four sources. Not all dreams are of God. Because people believe that once they dream something, they take it as a gospel truth. No. Dreams have different sources. But the first question I would like to answer this morning is, why will God want to resort to dreams to speak to us when he has these other avenues, these other channels to speak to us? Why will God resort to dream language to speak to us? And the answer is found in Job 33 and verse 14. Job 33 and verse 14. Sometimes we are too busy for God. We are too busy. When you are too busy, when you are too tired, even when God is speaking through your inner spirit, you cannot hear it. Even when God speaks audibly to you, you cannot pick it up. You can't pick the signals. We are too busy. We go to work. Some of us work 12-hour shifts. Some of us, we are working and we are in school. Some of us, we are raising children. The marriage is young. We are putting time and energy in the marriage. So we are not able to seek, come to a place of just sitting and receiving and hearing God clearly. So because of this, God has to resort to dream to speak to man. It's not his best choice. It's not his first choice. His first choice is still through the inner witness. But he resorts to this. He said, for God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. Man does not pick it up. The woman does not pick it up. God is speaking. God is speaking, but we are not hearing. God is speaking, but we are not picking it up. So he becomes very frustrating. So what he does is that sometimes he waits till we go to sleep. In our sleep, he comes and he does what? Give me verse 15 and verse number 16. Verse 15 and 16. Look at it. He said, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, 
while slumbering on their bed, verse 16. Then he, who is he? God. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. And seals their instruction. In other words, we are too busy. So he waits for us to sleep when all our body is down. When we are now free from all the hustle and bustle of life. Then he now comes through dreams and put those instructions in us. Can somebody say a big amen? How vital, how important are dreams? Look at it. It is the perfect example we can never have is Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our perfect example. You can't get a better example than Jesus Christ. So let's look at how the dream language, how he helped to preserve even the person of Jesus Christ. It was a dream that led Joseph, you know, the earthly father of Jesus Christ. It was through a dream he got the inspiration and the confirmation to marry Mary. Don't forget they were in courtship. And he never had any physical intimacy with Mary. And all of a sudden, Mary shows up pregnant. Excuse me, bro. If you are dating a lady and you are doing it by the rules of the game, you are not sleeping with her, you are not touching her, which you are not supposed to sleep with a woman you are not married to. People think that courtship is a license to do all the kinds of crazy things. No. Even when you are engaged, engagement is not a license to start having sex. I said it. Engagement, because I've heard it. Oh, but we are engaged. Engagement is not a license to start having sex. It's wrong. It's unbiblical. And God hates it. That's the truth of the matter. So, you are cutting a lady. You have kept to the rules of the game. And all of a sudden, she shows up pregnant. Excuse me. No matter how holy you are. Are you going to marry that girl? Ah! What happened? We, we got a problem. We got a problem. What we talk about is just go. Just go quietly. There's no fight. Amen. Anybody ask us, we say, or the grounds of irreconcilable differences. Or I just say, my mama, my mama don't like her. That's it. Amen. Of course, I don't see why your mother should tell you to marry anyway. Look at it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, very quickly. While he was pondering, ah, how can this girl do this to me? How can Mary betray me? How can she disappoint me? Then look at what happened in verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You see, Jesus brought his name from heaven. I hope you know your name from heaven. Your name from heaven is satisfied. I said your name from heaven is victory. Your name from heaven is favor. Can you say a big amen? I'm still on it very quickly. I'm still on it. Where is that scripture? So she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. So it was in the dream that he got the confirmation that I know he's pregnant. I know she's pregnant, and I know you are not responsible for the pregnancy, but you know, the child she's carrying is of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and marry her. And on the strength of that dream, he goes ahead and marries her. Can somebody say a big Amen. 
look at it. A second example, it was through a dream that Joseph was directed to flee with baby Jesus. You know, after Jesus was conceived and she was born, and the three wise men, they went around their mouths to Herod. Herod knew that hatred has come to his throne, and Herod was looking for opportunities to take out Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God had to come to <laughs> God had to come to Joseph in a dream. Say, hey, take this boy and run. They will kill him. You see, please look at me. Ushers, everybody. Many of, there are some people, it's as if they are looking for every opportunity to fight. You see, do you know why you are looking for every opportunity to fight? For some, not everybody. It is because you have not seen fight before. If you have seen real fights, when you see fight, you will run. When you see people go all over the Facebook and they are looking for fight, throwing in windows all over the place, you say, these are, these are babies. You have not seen fights. If you have seen fight, if you see fight, you will run. God had to tell, he said, take Jesus and run. If he didn't take him and run, they would kill Jesus. Herod would kill him. And God would have had to look for another plan to replace Jesus. Jesus, the savior of my kind, would have been killed because of foolishness. Because the parents did not hear. They want to fight, fight, everything, fight, fight. There is a time and season for everything. There is a time to run away from fights. Don't you understand? Why is your body just itching? Pugnacious. You're just pugnacious. You want to just throw punch and throw leg. Something is wrong. If you're always looking for opportunity to fight, something is wrong. Don't you understand what I'm saying? There are times you hold back. There are times you run away. They bring markets. I'm not buying this market. You didn't meet me at home. You go. It's called asset protection. Asset protection. How can I take all my ammunition and waste it on one small inconsequential matter when there are bigger wars to fight? Amen. So, it was in that dream, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13. Matthew 2 and verse 13. And now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So what did Joseph do? Joseph took the child, took his mother, and they ran away to Egypt. And you know, if you trace it further down, Matthew chapter 2, verse 22 to 23, after Herod died, God had to speak to Joseph in a dream again. Remember we're talking about the dream language? The one who was seeking the life of this child has died. Now return with him. And when they return to Israel, you would think that God would just leave them to go to anywhere they want to go to. Through a dream again, number four. Through a dream again. No, the first one is Matthew 2, 19 to 20. Saying that Herod has died. Then Matthew 2, chapter 22 to 23. Joseph was directed to move away from Judea into Galilee. Into, into, into Nazareth. So, specific instruction in the dream about the person and the ministry of Jesus. So, if Joseph had to depend on instruction via the instrument of dream, how much more you? You need it. So, dreams are not useless. The dream language is a very potent weapon that God uses to speak to us. So, going back to the first question I raised the other, the other time. How do we know what dreams to take seriously? What dreams to counsel in the place of prayer and fasting? What dreams 
to embrace and pray them in. Ladies and gentlemen, there are three vital sources of dreams. Hallelujah. Three vital sources of dreams. I'm going to run through very, very quickly. There is the source of the Holy Spirit, the source of God, the source of God, and I'll break that down in a little while. There, there are dreams from the demonic realm. There are dreams from Satan. Satan can give you a dream. And if you are not careful and you don't know how to handle it, it's going to inject fear in your life. And then, before you know it, it cripples you. There are source, second source of dreams is in the demonic realm. And then, of course, there is a third realm, which is the natural realm. Dreams from the natural mind or dreams of, from the flesh. Dreams from the flesh. How do you distinguish this? Let me give you an example of dreams from the natural mind. For example, you dream, you're a banker, you work in a bank, right? And you are having these recurring dreams that you are seeing pies and bales, is it bales or pies? Pies and bales and bales of dollars in your house every day. And then you are not saying, oh my God, money is coming, I'm rich. And then you're not good lazy. You don't work hard anymore. You don't go to school anymore. You don't tighten. Because God has shown me in the dream that I am rich. I am rich. No. That dream is sourced in the busyness of the day as a result of your activity. In that day. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 3. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 3. Very quickly. Dreams from daily activities. What you do on daily activities has a way of coming back in the dream. Look at it. For, you see, for a dream comes through much activity. Much activity. You work as a banker, as a cashier. You can't money. It's natural that when you sleep, you will dream and see money. Can somebody say a big amen to that? If you're married and you have not quarrel, men and women don't quarrel, husbands and wives don't quarrel, but they have intense fellowship. Sometimes the fellowship between a man and a woman can be a little bit intense. The tone can be a little bit high. They're not fighting. Oh, are they fighting? They're not fighting, but it's intense fellowship. You dream that you and your wife, you're having serious, intense fellowship. Day one, day two, day three, which that's not Christian anyway. How can you be quarreling with your wife or your husband? Day one, day two, day three. What happened to that scripture that says you should not sleep on your own anger? You should be able to resolve it before the night goes you know, down, right? Okay, you are now fighting with your wife or fighting with your husband, and you don't dream. That in the dream, you see your wife or your husband beating you in the dream. I say, the devil is a liar. Uh, now, are you supposed to take that kind of dream seriously? No, no, talk to me. You are fighting. You are, you are, you are, you are striving. You are, not in a, you are not in peace with your spouse. And you dream, and you dream that you are fighting in the dream. Or the husband is cursing you or the wife. Is, you don't take those kind of dreams seriously. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Or you go to bed, you didn't eat dinner, and you are hungry. You go to bed hungry. You forgot. Although I never forget dinner, though. Do you? Which yes. You don't forget. I know all of you. If I eat two times, you eat one at 8 o'clock, you eat one at 11 30 p.m. I know all of you. Okay, you go to bed hungry. And you dream that in the dream, 
you are eating fried rice and chicken. And then you jump up from sleep. I reject it. Spiritual contamination. The enemies are feeding me the dream. Well, I'm not supposed to eat it the dream. No. This one is not enemy feeding you. It's hunger that is feeding you the dream. And then you now hold, hold your stomach. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Purge me of every defilement. Purge me. Purge me. Purge me. No. It's hunger. If you are eating dinner, you will not dream that kind of dream. Does it make sense? Okay. You dream. There's one, one that is very prevalent among Africans. They call it spirit wife and spirit husbands. Mm-hmm. Every problem, people are willing to blame it on spirit husband and spirit wife. Now, I am not discounting there are spirit husbands and spirit wives. Don't get me wrong. But in much of the cases, 90% of the cases, when a man dreams or a woman is dreaming that she's having physical intimacy in the dream with somebody who is not his wife, somebody who is not a husband, is a function of what is going on in your mind. Jude, verse 8. Jude, verse 8. Because I don't want you to put all, all your problems on marine spirit, marine spirit, marine spirit. No, there are some things going on in your mind that you deal with and you will stop having those kind of dreams. There are some movies you need to stop watching and you stop having those kind of dreams. There are some magazines you need to stop looking at. There are some sites you visit when nobody's watching you. In the bedroom, on your phone, on your phone, you watch, you go to those sites and you see all kinds of crazy things, and then you say you are dreaming marine spirit, marine spirit. The reason I'm not getting job is marine spirit. It's not marine spirit, it's you. Your mind is a state of mind sometimes. What you see in your dream, you are sleeping with a man with a woman. It is because you are harboring some kinds of thoughts. The heart of man is desperately wicked, not only wicked, but very deep. That wickedness is not only kill somebody, no, no, no. Lost, some kind of lustful thoughts that people are carrying on in their minds. And as long as those thoughts are there, you will have those kind of dreams. So stop binding the devil and bind yourself for disobeying. Did you hear the revelation I just gave? Stop binding the devil and bind yourself for not obeying the scriptures. It's defilement. You have opened doors to the enemy. And the enemy is plummeting and doing things. Or you are praying about marriage. But you are already targeting a sister. You have taken her to dinner. You are taking her to another dinner. Taking her to lunch. Chances are that when you sleep at night, you will dream and see that girl. Hello. Glory be to God. When you dream at night, is that brother or that brother that I wish this brother would talk to me? I wish this brother would talk to me. Amen. So, the first source of dream is what? Through the natural mind or through the flesh. Number two, we have dreams from the demonic realm. Don't forget this. Anything that God has or uses, the devil always counterfeits it. See, the devil is a copycat. The devil does not have anything original. Everything the devil is doing, he copies from God. He sees God in action, he takes it, he copies it, and he confuses the people. There are some things that you use to recognize dreams from the demonic realm. Dreams from the demonic realm. These are dark dreams. They are dreams of fear and 
panic. Any dream that you have and you wake up panting. <laughs> Any dream you have and you are trying to call the name of Jesus and the name does not proceed from your lips. Any dream that you dream and you wake up, you are confused. God is not the author of confusion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is the God of light. He is the God of light. Any dream that confuses you is from the devil. And this, another component of this dream from demonic realm, they are, these are dreams of deception to deceive you. Most cases, maybe you're having challenges and it, something comes in the dream and tells you some things and says your wife is the one responsible for your problem or your father is re responsible for your problem or your mother. And sometimes those things are symbolic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So any dream that causes fear and panic, any dream that brings about deception, any dream that is dark, the place is dry. There is no way out. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Let me just give you that one scripture for that and I move on to the big one. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Look at it. He said, now the spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons. Okay, I'll give you an example. You are a single man and there's a dream you are having you are seeing yourself getting married to a woman, a woman who is already married. Those are dreams of deception. And those dreams, they are meant to push you out of your place of covering, out of your place of destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I'm not really going to be able to go into this, but next week, by the grace of God, I want to give you some things about dreams and how to interpret some different interpretations of some kinds of dreams. Some dreams, any dream that you see that runs counter to the provisions of scripture is not of God. Because many of us who are specialized in dreams, we have a dream book. Any dream we see, we write it out. And then when it happens, we say, I dreamt it. I dreamt it. I dreamt it. There are some things you dream. God, you see, there are intrinsic dreams and there are extrinsic dreams. Intrinsic dreams in 98% of the time is about you. You dream about yourself, you dream about your past, you dream about your present, you dream about your future. Future. Now, there are extrinsic, external dreams. So there's a way God will promote you. He will begin to show you picture. It can be the picture or, or events that will happen maybe in a city in the next five years, in the next 15 years. 9-11 that happened here. Some people saw it in dreams before it happened. Now, the reason God shows you those dreams is not to say you are spiritual. It is so that you can begin to take steps and pray about it. So, if it's negative, and you saw the dream, and it happens, that means you have failed as a person. God will not trust you with more revelations. He does not give you dreams so that you go and, oh, well, I dreamt this, I dreamt this. No, 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 no. He gives you the dream so that you can do something about it. If as a pastor, I'm, going to, I'm coming to you, oh, see the dream I had about you, I'll put fear in all of you. There are some dreams that I see that I know that as a priest in the house, it's my responsibility to pray this out for this person. That this person cannot die on my watch. That this woman cannot die on my watch. And that, Lord, I don't have a covenant for burying young people. I will not bury any young person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I come to you, ah, I dreamt, I dreamt. I just saw... 
When will you dream see me buying aeroplane? Every time he's coughing, coughing. Dream and see me buy mansion. Dream and see me as a governor of California. Not even Oklahoma. <laughs> Every day, death, 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 grave, grave, grave. Those are dreams from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. What is the bottom line? A dream which brings confusion is not from God. Is that clear enough? A dream which brings confusion is not of God. Can somebody say a big amen to that? Very quickly, I go to the last source of dream. The last source of dreams for us, especially as Christians. And that is the dream from the Holy Spirit. The dream from the Holy Spirit. And the best way I can describe this is to just run you through. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit, his ministry in our life is to bring comfort, to bring ease. So anytime you see dreams of destiny, some, some of you, I, I have a, my brother here now, he's a missionary all over the place. Uh, somebody can't just get up one day and say, I want to become a missionary. Hello? Touch somebody by your left and right hand. Say, so you cannot just get up and say, I want to become a missionary. You must have that knowing, that knowing, because it, it's a lot of sacrifice. You will leave your comfort zone. You will sell your cars. You will sell your houses and be moving from place to, to place. So when you see those kind of dreams, you see that you are preaching to a big congregation. You see that you are building the house of God. Those are dreams of destiny. Some of you dream, you will see yourself with this doctor's, uh, what's it called? Eh? A lab coat. You see yourself, lab coat. And some of you dream, you see yourself with big spanners in hand. That means you are an engineer. It doesn't mean you are a mechanic. That means you are an engineer. There's a difference between mechanic and engineer. Hallelujah. So anytime you see dreams of destiny, <laughs> and these dreams may relate to your present, it may relate to your past, or what? It may relate to your future. What is the significance of these dreams? These dreams of destinies are inspiring, and they charge our faith to soar to a new level. Every time you have dreams of destiny, it charges your faith to take it to the next level. I give you a second manifestation of the dream from the Holy Spirit. These are dreams of edification and exhortation. Did you remember um, Jacob when he was running away from the brother? Amen? What's his brother's name? Esau? He was running away and he got to a place. He got tired. He took a stone and put down and put his head. Is it Genesis chapter 28 or 29? He put his head on the stone. And that night, the Lord opened his eyes and he saw a ladder from heaven down. And there were angels ascending and descending. And then the Lord spoke to him in that dream. He was running away. He was in a panicking situation. The brother was out to kill him. He was fearful. He didn't even know where he was going to. But the Lord had to come in that dream, through a dream. The Holy Spirit has to assure him that it's going to be okay. You will go for X numbers of years. The Lord is going to bless you. The Lord is going to expand you. The Lord will remove all limitations. And the next time you come through here, you are going to come back bigger. I, I thought somebody would say amen to that. So sometimes you may be going through discouragement. And then the Holy Ghost will come through your dream just to encourage you. To exalt you, to edify you. Specifically, exhortation comes to maybe sometimes you are, your hands are getting weary, you are getting tired. And the Bible says, do not be weary in well doing. The Holy Spirit can come through the dream to give you courage that, look, I am with you. Like He stood 
with Paul, the apostle. He said, listen, I know you are facing persecution in this land. I know you feel rejected, that they are not receiving the gospel from them. But listen, there are many people that are positioned in this city. There are many people that you can win to me in this city. I am with you. I am with you. So the Holy Spirit comes to exhort you, to edify you, to give you the courage. And this kind of, they challenge us to take action. So you see somebody who was depressed, somebody who was discouraged, he gets up from that dream, and all of a sudden, it's as if fresh burst of energy enters his life, and he's moving on again. Somebody say, Pastor, I hear you. He say, Pastor, I hear you. What of dreams of comfort? Dreams of comfort are dreams from the Holy Spirit. And how do I explain this? Sometimes you lose a family member. You will not lose any family member in Jesus' name. Oh, let me put it this way. You will not lose any young family member in Jesus' name. And anybody who is less than 80, who is less than 85, is a young family member. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No young person is permitted to die in your family. Can you say amen? amen. And you know, sometimes we, a family member or a friend passes on, and then you are at a crossroad. Knowing what you know now, why people are saying, oh, let's do wakekeeping, let's do this, let's do this. All you are thinking is, this person, is he in hell or is he in heaven? Sometimes the Holy Spirit can give you a dream. And you see the person in a very beautiful house. You see the person in a very beautiful garden with birds singing. You see the person wearing white and is happy and is dancing, climbing on a hill and is going and rejoicing. And you are hearing beautiful music, hallelujah, in the background. And you wake up. And then you know that that person made it to heaven. Those are dreams of comfort. So that is why you see some people, they lose family members. They are not, you expect them to be crying. People think that it's spiritual to cry. The only reason why you should be crying if you lose a family member is, number one, if you let big mortgage for you. You let big bills for you. Okay? Or if he died in sin. If he died in sin. I heard the story of a woman pastor's wife in North Carolina, South Carolina, and the husband passed, and people came for wicked and he was just rubbing the man's body, and just singing and rejoicing, and they are old. It's not that he's young. You know, if she's young, you say, hmm, you'll be targeting somebody. Now, you have killed this man to go and marry her. No, both of them are old, and she was just rejoicing, and they said, what, ma'am, what's going on? He said, he said, I lived with this man. I lived with this man. I know how he lived his life. And I know what the Holy Spirit has showed me. He's resting. He made sure that everybody wore white for that event. Dreams of comfort. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you need it. You need it. Everybody needs comfort when you are going through challenging times. Amen. Can somebody say a big amen? amen? So, dreams of comfort, they are dreams from the Holy Spirit. These dreams, they release assurance. Then you also have dreams of correction. And that is one thing that many, many of us, we don't want correction. Don't judge me. I am not perfect. You are not supposed to judge me. You are supposed to encourage me. You are supposed to make me happy. And so sometimes the Lord comes to you in a dream. And sometimes in a dream, you see that you are wearing white, for example. And you see that there's a big stain somewhere in the white that tells you that your garment is defiled. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says that Joshua the priest was standing before the Lord. Huh? Zerubbabel, you know? And there was a big stain in the garment. Or sometimes you can be in the dream and you find yourself, you know, in a bathroom. And there are feces everywhere. stinking. There are flies everywhere. There are roaches everywhere. And you are looking, oh my God. And you wake up. You know right there that there are things that need to be fixed in your life. That you need to be sanctified. These are calls for sanctification. That hey, hey, hey. Because God does not want even a sinner to die. Talk less of a believer. So when there are issues going on in your life, the Holy Spirit will show you, say, this is what is going on. Fix this. Fix that. But you know, most Christians are stubborn and we disregard many of these things. We disregard them. Amen. So corrective dreams, they reveal personal changes. They show character issues. They show heart issues. You know, you can say you love people all you want, but the Holy Ghost <laughs> is the one. I, a sister was telling me how she had a dream, and I believe her, how she had a dream. And this person, who is supposedly her friend, comes and packs something like greens, like sand, pours it on her face. Right there, you know that that person is an unfriendly friend. You have to be careful with that kind of person. But he, she comes. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of... Meanwhile, the heart is bitter. He's looking for a way to take you down. I can see all over you. The glory of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. His heart is bitter. So, those kind of dreams, God will show you your character. He will show you your heart. He will show you things that you are... Even, you are even trying to hide from yourself. He will reveal it to you. Say, so you are not in peace with this person. Go and make peace with him. Amen. Dreams of correction. <sighs> okay. Then we also have dreams of instruction. These are primarily teaching dreams. Dreams of instruction. Now, please listen to me. These next two, they are very important. Okay? Very, very important. We have dreams of cleansing. Dreams of cleansing, for example. Have you ever seen yourself in a dream and you are taking a shower? You are in a dream and you are taking a shower. You are scrubbing yourself. And sometimes somebody comes, takes a sponge. You know, like a father figure, like a mother figure. You know what I mean? In a dream, you are taking a shower. Or you go to the bathroom. The bathroom is clean. And you go to the bathroom to pass out things. Those are dreams of cleansing. They are dreams of cleansing. They are, they are from the Holy Spirit. When you receive those kind of dreams, they are dreams from the Holy Spirit. These are dreams of sanctification. They are concerned with the purification process. And this is when, more than ever before, you take cover under the blood of Jesus. That is when you begin to take the blood of Jesus and clean your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Dreams of sanctification. And finally today, I'm going to stop here. Dreams of spiritual warfare. Dreams of spiritual. Every time you see yourself, you are in military uniform. Has anybody ever dreamt that before? Oh, you have never dreamt it? That means you are all civilians in the spirit realm. Oh, sometimes you see yourself in full combatant, combatant uniform. You know that war has come. It is time to stand up in the place of prayer. If you have been praying 10 minutes, you make it one hour. If you have been praying one hour, it is time to make it three hours. It tells you that there's war there and there's battle around. 
Hallelujah. Or in the dream, somebody points a gun at you. Hey! Or it becomes even worse. Not only point a gun at you, but shoots at you. Hey! It is time to pray. It is not the time to be looking for a prophet. All those Facebook prophets to pray for you. It is time to get up fast and pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or you see yourself in the graveyard. You are in the graveyard. It is time to get up. Somebody's life may be dependent on It may be you. Hello? It may be you. I heard a man of God who was sharing it, something. He had a dream. And in the dream, he saw that it was a wake-up. It was a wake-up. And everybody, they were going, they were going, they were going. And shaking, and they look, and they pass. And they look, and they pass, and they look, and they pass. And he joined the line. He got there. He looked. He looked inside the casket. He saw himself, and he woke up. Do you need a prophet to interpret that to you? No, no, no. Do you need a prophet to interpret that to you? It's time to fast. And the kind of fast you fast is not the kind of American fast. You know, when people do, hey, Pastor, uh, can I take ice cream? Can I, uh, this fasting, can I take, can I, can I take Coke? You know, I'm doing work. Look, we, when devil come, if I even, uh, you will not take air. Uh, you will block your nose from taking air. Uh. Uh, you, you know how you were fasting when you were looking for visa to come to this country? That is how you will fast. You will not drink water. You know, some people, they fast, they don't even shower. Okay, don't do that in this church, okay? <laughs> some people, they fast, they don't brush their mouth. In fact, one time I was fasting, I was eating gum. They thought, people thought I was not spiritual. Ah, ah, you are fasting, you are chewing gum. You break the fast. That, well, that's what they put in our head in Africa. No, when you are fasting, your mouth stings. And you are dealing with people. You need to put gum in your mouth. You need to sanitize your mouth so that... When you go close to people, your smell don't fall people on the ground and they think it's anointing. It's not an, it's your smell from your mouth. I'm going to stop there today, but next week, I'm going to tell some manifestations of the dreams and how to interpret some dreams so that never again will the devil deceive us in the name of Jesus. Yes and amen. Indeed, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe that you have been truly blessed. To receive more copies of this message and other messages by Pastor Josh, please call 405-418-6222 or visit us online at www.okcmc.tv. If you are within the area, come worship with us at the Miracle Center, 6051 North Brookline Avenue, Suite 133, Oklahoma City. Stay blessed and stay connected.